This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course, podcast host with a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. I'm excited because this is the first episode that is streaming for 2021, and last year was a doozy, so there were probably less episodes published last year than any year since this podcast began in 2018. I'm happy because I needed to take a little bit of a breather. I think we all needed a little bit of a breather last year, and I know starting this podcast at somewhat of a tumultuous time in my life, one would think, oh, well, who can't record when there's all kind of chaos going on? Well, I (laughs) chose not to. However, coming into this new year, I set the intention to reach out to yet again a couple of people that I've been positively impacted by. I literally scoured my Instagram followings and I looked at this new exciting app as we know as Clubhouse and have connected with some really amazing people. So today's episode features a phenomenal human being. I connected with her in a clubhouse room and the way that we connected was because her screen name is Baldhead Baddie. I mean, whose attention does that not get? Today's guest is Trevilia Hodge. She is a celebrated playwright, author, mindset coach, filmmaker, and philanthropist. She has a heart the size of Texas, and it shows in her tireless volunteerism with numerous charities in the DFW. I'm not even going to read her whole bio because you'll have to check that out in your own time, but what I can say is today's conversation is all about positivity. Positivity no matter what. So sit back get comfortable, take a couple of long, deep, cleansing breaths, and get ready to listen to another conversation. I just want to start by just saying welcome to the podcast. (laughs) It's, um, this is, every time I record a podcast, I always get like a little emotional just because it just reminds me of when I started Uh this thing and what was happening in my life at the time when I started it and why I started it and to see the growth and to see the progress that it's made from then till now, it still just kind of blows my mind. Like, wow. Okay. So we really have episodes recorded. People are really listening to it. And most importantly, people are saying yes to recording it and they don't even really know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, That says a lot, you know, and it makes me really happy. So before we, you know, dive in, I'm just going to take a moment just for us to just get fully grounded and um, just 
start to invite a couple of deep breaths into and out of your body. Allow the eyes to fall gently closed and just invite your whole self into this moment. Allow yourself to be filled with sensations of peace, of gratitude, of grace, knowing that in this moment, all your needs are met, knowing that in this moment, every desire in your heart is manifesting, and know that in this moment, you get to be your whole and complete self. Take another deep breath in. And when you are ready, just start to blink open your eyes. And here we are. Here we are. Yes. So I would like to begin by inviting you to introduce yourself to the listeners by telling us your name, where you're from, and what you stand for. Hi, I'm Trevelia Hodge. Um, I go by she, her, human. I really go by human. Uh, I am from New Jersey originally, so I always have to represent Exit 9. <laughs> and uh, I currently live in Dallas, Texas. I am definitely migrating to a Texan. I own two pair of cowboy boots. And I stand for everything positive and wonderful, including Taco Tuesdays. Um, I also stand for peace and definitely equality for everybody um, and acceptance for everyone. I am, I am love. Mm. I also stand for Taco Tuesday. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Among all the other things that you mentioned as well. I, it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you know, you're officially becoming a Texan. I, I actually lived in Dallas for a couple of years after college and my son, who's now almost 20 years old, was born wow. in Dallas. And so I have a lot of family there. My dad's side of the family is from Dallas. So there's always a part of me that, that feels a sense of connection mm-hmm. to, to Dallas, even though I didn't grow up there. But I did have a chance, you know, in the couple of years that I lived there to be able to explore and really just could get to know. I mean, Texas is huge. Yes. <laughs> Dallas is just one yes. part of it. So <laughs> Unbelievable. So what would you say are some of the things that are like they're noticing are the most different between Dallas and New Jersey where you're from? The first thing I noticed is it's extremely clean. No offense, New Jersey, but it is super clean here. And uh, everything is a lot slower. It took me a while to adapt because at one point I lived in Harlem and I lived in Brooklyn as well. So my whole life is like, I feel like I was just on go, like from the birth. Like I just came out and it was like, go. And I was like, okay. And then I came here and it was like, stop. And I was like, how? And it was like, stop. And I was like, what? And so I had to learn to adjust to things closing early, things really not being open on Sunday, not having the convenience of if I wake up three o'clock in the morning, I just decide I want to go out and do something, including getting my nails done. I could do it. Um, But it but it taught me to ground myself, actually, um, because I realized the action of go for me was me avoiding myself. So being Mm. here, moving here alone, um, it made me face some truths that people may have saw as demons, but I just say they're truths. (laughs) 
That's your observation about Dallas just being a little slower than coming from, you know, the Northeast. When I moved to Dallas, it was shortly after college. I was in my early 20s. And the thing that I noticed, well, I went to college in North Carolina. So I had a little bit of a taste of like the Mason Dixon Mm -hmm. Southern ways and ABC stores and not being able to buy alcohol on Sundays and everything pretty much being closed Mm -hmm. on Sundays and everything being closed by nine or 10 o'clock. So I was like, what the heck is going on here? So it was um, definitely an adjustment, you know, like you said, a slower pace lifestyle. It was also very different than growing up in California. So I'd never lived in a place that the ocean wasn't Mm. nearby. That was also kind of a trip for me. Like, Okay, so where's the water? Where where do we go to the water? And, you know, I'm a water sign. So I'm like, I, I need to be near the water. That is what makes me feel safe. That's what gives me a sense of peace. So I knew the time that I spent there was going to be temporary and transitional because I knew I'd always end up either here on the West Coast or on the East Coast, someplace yes. near the water. So that, I miss I yeah. miss beaches, but they have a lot of lakes here. And when I initially moved, the pl- the first place I was in, you go out to my balcony, there was a pond. So I was like, okay, there is water there. Um, but I go to a lot of lakes. I, I don't like to drive to Galveston or down to San Padre Island because it's so far. But I try to mm-hmm. adjust. But I love beaches that are outside of the country. So even though I grew up by the Jersey Shore, well, close enough to the Jersey Shore, let me say that, I still didn't care for the Jersey Shore. I'm sorry, New Jersey. <laughs> I've never been to the Jersey Shore. I've never been, well, I've been, you know, in North Carolina out to Wilmington and things like, that. you know, Myrtle Beach and things in the South Florida, but I've never been to beaches in the Northeast until I lived in DC for a while. And I went to Delaware mm-hmm. area and Virginia beaches and the water's very cold. <laughs> comparison to beaches in other countries like you said and it's it's (laughs) not clear I went to another the first time I think I was 16 yes I was 16 and I was like what what is why is that green (laughs) it was like that's what it looks like and I was like our water's brown and so it's like what's in Mm -hmm. this water and why is it in the water (laughs) who put it there and how did it get there no you're not alone again no shade to new jersey or the northeast beaches i know you do the best you can what you got i understand Mm -hmm. everybody can't be the caribbean or fiji i get it (laughs) it's what it is what are some of your favorite beaches to visit outside the country oh wow there are, there are a lot, but I, you know what I have to say, because my favorite place is Puerto Rico, even though there's other places I know that I love in the world, shout out to them. Mm-hmm. But my favorite beach that I went to is actually in Jamaica. It is mm. in there, Jamaica, you know, you see the destitute there. It is, you know, it's there. It's, it's like in your face and your heart goes out to people and you do what you can. But there's something about the energy there, the peace there, the tranquility, and they have white sand. Um, mm-hmm. It was impeccable. Yeah, just mm. the way I felt there made it even more beautiful to me. Yeah. Mm. I can mm-hmm. see that. That was my, when I went to Fiji mm-hmm. in, it must have been 2013, and I didn't want, I genuinely did not want to leave. You know, most places I go, I vacation after about like the sixth or seventh day. I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I'm ready to go home. Like I'm ready to get back to my Mm -hmm. own space there. I was like, 
I think I could just live here. I could just live in this village and, you know, eat this fresh fish and, and papaya and fruit and just like make some bracelets or something. And this could just be my there whole you go. life. Like this could just, this could be my whole life and I would be fully content and happy with it. So no, I feel you. I mean, sometimes we have those moments where we find ourselves in places and, you know, not even thinking that we could make it home or really like make it normal for us. So I, I am with you on that. So I, before our conversation, sent you over a questionnaire, which I actually love doing just because it gives me a clearer picture about my guests, especially those that I have not had the pleasure of meeting in person. And then, you know, in your case, I've had the pleasure of meeting virtually first in Clubhouse, which, you know, is a new space for me. How long have you been on Clubhouse or Clubhouse? January 6th. <laughs> so, like, okay, mine was January 4th. So it was just, it was like right a couple days before. Yeah. I was like, what is this thing? I kept getting invites to it. And I was thinking, okay, I don't have time for another app. Like I'm already managing Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, a web page and all this kind of stuff. Like, where am I going to make time? And then someone said, no, it's just like, it's like a podcast, except you get to talk to the people when you're having the conversation. And I was like, hmm, I might have to try that out. And sure enough, I can definitely say I am enjoying yeah. it thoroughly. What are some of your thoughts on, on Clubhouse? I, this, well, it's hard to say sense of community because it's so broad and there's a big spectrum right which one I have to say I thought you were a clubhouse pro so I can't believe that I have to get my clubhouse game up because <laughs> I'm not there but I because I could be selective you know on my timeline mm. I'm not able to I could be selective of course by who I follow but if they're having an mm -hmm. off day <laughs> and they're just putting stuff on their timeline you're like whoa you know I don't want that type of energy um it's hard, but on Clubhouse, I'm able to see what, what the conversation is. And then I'm very selective mm -hmm. and I'm able to come back out, you know, if I feel like there's something that I don't care for. And thus far, mm -hmm. it's been really good because I, I believe in the energy that I put out attracts what I put out um, and it brings right. that in. So I've, I've had a great experience and I like, I'm going to say finding my tribe. Let me say that. That's mm -hmm. good. That's good. I mean, I, I find, <clears throat> I find the same thing is happening for me. You know, I find that there's times when I jump into a room and edges vibes and I feel it and I lean in and I'm listening to it in the background while I'm still working. And there's other times where I jump in the room and I'm like, what did I just get into? <laughs> like what, you know, because sometimes the the topics can be misleading mm -hmm. on purpose mm -hmm. in some cases, you know, or you'll think it's about one thing and it turns out that it's actually something very different. So yeah, it's, it's a new space, but I, I have experience. I mean, I've been recording a podcast for almost three years now. I have been coaching for almost eight years oh, now wow. and pu public speaking for over a decade. And so I can say that I am very comfortable on the mic on the camera, you know, in spaces. And I think that also just help is part of me recognizing that this is just me standing in my purpose. This is me doing what I'm, what I'm really meant yeah. to do. So Definitely. if you were to think about yourself, I know that you love helping I people do. and you love helping people achieve their goals. So tell me a little bit more about that. What is, tell me about that love. You know, I just, 
I like to be around people who, who feel comfortable in their own skin because it makes the situation better. You know, whether it's just a light conversation or you're like, I'm very particular about eating with people. Um, I don't just eat with anyone. And so I really like when people are at their best self because there's been so much time in my life that I wasted not being at my best self. Um, then mm-hmm. I got consumed with at one point not realizing that I was allowing people to be codependent to me to the point where it became toxic. And I was like, okay, flag, hand up. I need a moment. Um, and I have to put that energy into myself. But um, I, I would just love to be at a point in life where if we all are vibing and in good energy within ourselves, what would that feel like when we went outside? Like, what would that be like if, if I bumped into someone and, or several people in the run of a day and like everybody was just like, hey, hey what's up? And I'm like, hey, you know, um, and, and I may not ever see that day. It may not ever exist. But, you know, my prayers go up there like real big. I know God is like, really, her again? And I'm like, I'm back, <laughs> you know? So that's just me. Like, I just, it, it, and yes, we want monetary accomplishments in life, but without feeling good about you, without being able to say, I'm going to go out without a wig on, you know, or I'm just going to not put a girdle on. And I know that my belly is big, but you know what? I'm not putting a girdle on today, guys, because I'm girdle free today, you know? And just be okay with that. And then someone else being like, not even minding that part of my business, you know, they're just Mm -hmm. into their zone and they're not, they could care less if I had a wig on or not. They could care less if I, you know, if my stomach was flat or not, they're just in their space. Like that would feel amazing. And that's why I like to help people. I'm like, come on, just get that one thing, that one thing that you just be okay with who you are, even if it's for five Mm -hmm. seconds and let that energy burst out into the earth. I love that. I love that. I agree fully. I agree. I think that I think that if more people were just operating from a place of self-love, you know, the way we treat ourselves is the way that we treat mm-hmm. other people. And sometimes we don't recognize that there's a lot of hurt people out there that are hurting yeah. people in the process. And it's just kind of like a ripple mm-hmm. effect. So the idea of taking really great care of yourself first yeah. And then operating from a place of self-love is going to positively influence the way that you interact with other Mm -hmm. people. And so if everybody was in a place of love and everybody was in a place of self-acceptance and self-awareness, then, yeah, the world would be a much more beautiful place than it is right now. You know, we could definitely use use more of that. Like, I know your Instagram handle is Positivity Chick, which I think is really, really amazing. It tells people exactly (laughs) who you are, which I love. And so... I want to know, tell me some other things that you're interested in. I know vegan cooking. Is that something yes. that you're into? You mentioned, tell me more about vegan cooking. Cause girl, I don't, I used to cook in my former life. <laughs> and then when my son went to college, I was like, mm, I don't know what the kitchen is. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I, um, I have really honestly been cooking since I was five, like literally in the kitchen. I told someone like, I didn't understand someone who can't, like an adult doesn't know how to boil water. And I was like, I was flaying fish at five. Like I could fill it in bad boy, cut the head off it, you know? And I was just like, my grandparents like, no, this is, this is your path. And I was like, okay. And so 
um, five years, almost five years ago, I became a vegan. I was a pescatarian for many years. Like I, I was one of those kids that was like, I don't like this. And I did not like mm. meat. I was like, no, this is not, I don't like this. And my parents, you know, my family, they, they're carnivores. So they're like, what do you mean you're not going to eat meat again? So I stopped red meat and all that at 17, 18. Yes, yeah, 17. By 19, I was, a, I was a vegetarian. Then my doctor was like, mm-hmm. oh, you need it for your iron. You got to, you have to eat something. You got to eat chicken. So I did that. Then I was like, I don't like this. And so I mm. became a pescatarian. I was a pescatarian for over 20 years, even though I'm only 21, you know, guys, mm. I'm only 21. And so hey. <laughs> I was like, um, Cause right, you know, you know, <laughs> and so I went and five years, about almost five years ago, um, I really started having bad issues with arthritis. Like my body was in, in pain and I was like, mm. what is this? You know, like nobody told me this happens after you get over 40. I was like, what is going on? And so I started doing research, which I normally do. Everybody's if you could take away the dairy, it'll help. Take away the dairy, it'll help. And, and I was like, really? So I said, you know, I'm going to try it. So then I did. Then I stopped. Then I started eating dairy again. And my body inflammation went just like that. And I was like, peace out. I'm done. And because I cook for my family, when I go back home or traveling all over the world, my family's like spread out. And they're like, you can't come to our house and not cook for us. So what does that look like for you? And I was like, I don't know. And so for the first year of veganism, I ate like potatoes and rice. And I was like, I can't eat like this. I need to lose weight. Like, what are you doing? And so I just started taking dishes that were family staples and recipes that we had and was like, okay, let me flip this. And then I started to follow certain people who were you know, just doing great things with veganism and was like, okay. And then if I tweak this and add this and now people just are like, so when are you cooking? Cause we're coming over and that's usually how it is prior to pandemic. But on Sunday I'm having two friends, just two to okay. do a vegan okay. tasting brunch for Valentine's day. Oh, a vegan tasting mm-hmm. brunch. Okay. So I have so many questions. <laughs> so and I'll just share a little background. So I was vegan for almost 10 oh, years. Wow. When I went to, when I went away to school, you know, from California, went to college in North Carolina, I met someone that I was dating at the time who grew up vegan, born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, but was vegan, which sounds like an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody vegan in the South like that. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure they're there now, but it wasn't the case in the nineties. So when I met them and they told me, you know, and grew up vegan and, you know, having conversations and just like understanding food. I remember being a kid and my mom reading Dick Gregory and we were vegetarian for a little while, but, you know, never really stuck to it. And my mom's Creole, my father's family's from Texas. So we ate food, food. We ate all kind of food. We ate a lot of Mexican food, soul food, everything in between. So when I was in college and you know, this person introduced me to a vegan, you know, diet or a vegan style of eating at the time. In the 90s, you know, it was there wasn't a lot of places that we could go out to have a vegan meal. So most of our meals were cooked at home. And had I not had a guide 
I also probably would have just been eating potatoes and rice, you know, just been a carbitarian as they call it, or a starchitarian, you know? And so thankfully I had a clear picture of it. And then when I was pregnant with my son, I was vegan. And then he was vegan until, until he was about 10 years old is the first time that he was like, mom, I went to a birthday party and all they had was chicken and all I had was cake because I knew that it was vegetarian. (laughs) And I said, Probably not. The cake probably have milk and <laughs> eggs in it, but it's okay. I understand your logic, yeah. you know, where you were going with it. You're like, well, it's not an animal. It's just cake. It's okay. And at that time was when I said, you know what? I didn't want him or I to feel like we were restricting the way that we were eating without a clear connection as to why, you know? So when he was around 10 years old, which is now almost 10 years ago, I kind of just let the vegan diet go out the window and just started eating whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, I am, I do have a strange allergy. I am allergic to all freshwater fish. So all, you know, if it comes from a lake, river or stream, I'm allergic to it. But if it comes from the ocean, including shellfish, I can eat it to my heart's content. So I love, you know, shellfish and seafood. Mm -hmm. I do, I am, according to my actual DNA report from 23andMe, lactose intolerant, which most black Mm -hmm. folks are. I have actual science that says I am, yet I very much love cheese. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a little bit about me. It's my confession, you know, keeping it transparent. I recognize my weaknesses. I know I need work. So... I have a question for you. Yeah. You know, when you started to notice when you went back to mm-hmm. dairy, what were some of the changes that you noticed happening in your body? You mentioned inflammation because I feel like I can b- kind of vibe with that. That made you say, hold up. What am I doing? I, you know, I go into everything with open mind, but this, I was very skeptical. I was like, I'm not giving up feta cheese. I'm not giving up. Um, Munster, because I would just eat that with with mustard. It was weird, like weird. I love Munster, okay? And, and I, I had um, I had stopped for about a month and a half, and then I was like, well, it's fine. I don't notice the difference, but I didn't pay attention. I wasn't paying attention to my body, and mm. I went back home to Savannah, Georgia, because my father's family's from Georgia, and mm-hmm. I had macaroni and cheese from Georgia. That'll do it every time. So it was amazing. And (laughs) by the time I got back home off the plane, I got on the couch and I couldn't get off the couch because I was in pain. So that was like the only indicator I needed. I was like, Mm. there's nothing I did differently. I start, I had, I had cheese. I had had some some cheese cheese when I went to, when I went back to Georgia and I was like, and then when I took it out, and I said, let mm-hmm. me really start paying attention to my body. And within months, things just started changing, like just started changing. And I said, I was only wow. going to do it for 90 days. And I was like, I'm just going to do it for 90 days. And mm-hmm. four and a half years more later, it's a long 90 days. Wow. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's new math. I don't know well that works, but that's a different kind of math schedule that you're using. But wow, you know, it's, it really just brings me back to the truth is, you know, you are what you eat. And what I'm learning more about, like with the help from my sister, who's a nutritionist is recognizing the difference between allergies and intolerances Mm. to certain foods and knowing that there's not like a one size fits all 
diet or nutrition plan that works for everybody Mm -hmm. and every physical body. I know for me, cheese, I know I did, I studied this. Cheese has an opiate effect on the brain. And so if we think of opiates and the addictive Mm -hmm. qualities of opiates, cheese has that same quality. So what happens is that when it's just cheese, not all dairy, <laughs> just the cheese, okay? <laughs> cheese, there's devilish qualities in this shit, damn it. So cheese fires off these opiates mm-hmm. in the brain, similar to the way that sugar, you know, fires off as opiates in the brain, similar to the way that sugar and cocaine, actually, it has that much addictive quality wow. about it. So that's typically the reason why, scientifically speaking, that when people are giving up certain foods or releasing certain foods, it's the cheese. It's the cheese. It's the last thing to go. They can give up red meat, pork, uh, seafood, mm-hmm. everything. But they're like, okay, so I know I'm just going to eat vegetables. But are you sure I can't put some cheese on those vegetables? <laughs> Bro- I can't have broccoli and cheese. Like, what are you talking about? I got some cheese on these broccoli. Now, what kind of macaroni can you make that doesn't have cheese in it? Was that just regular old macaroni? Mm-mm, not interested. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's so true. It's true. It is. It is. So, no. So, I, I commend you. And I, 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 too, have been faced with the 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, again, nobody uh, told me. There was no class or brochure that said, hey, girl. When you turn 40, your body's going to be like, ha ha, remember how you used to be able to do stuff and you can't do it anymore. Now your knees make sounds, your back makes sounds, you can't turn over as easily as you used to, you move a little slower. And I'm like, I thought 40 was supposed to be fabulous. I don't, I'm not feeling that right now. I recognize though, a lot of it does have to do with the way that I eat is that my body's like, okay, girl, now. Because I'm not going to be afraid to get off the floor after this podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) It might take 12 minutes. Just give me a second. I'm going to move in stages. I'm just going to go knees and then lean. And then, yeah, I know. I got a little tuck and roll process and then I'll just get up. (laughs) But I'll make it. You know, if I had cheese in my body, I would have to call somebody like, I need y'all to just break in. And help me up off the floor. I need some assistance. Call help. Exactly. Help come. Help is on the way. So another question that I that I asked in the questionnaire offline was if you could reside anywhere in the world, where would you live and why? And you chose Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. That was the hardest question of the questionnaire. It was. It was the hardest question. And I was going to be like real blanketed and just say earth (laughs) because I don't, you know, because I told myself in 2014 that I'm a resident of the earth. So I would Mm -hmm. allow myself to go wherever because I think in my people's mindset, not to get too philosophical or deep, when they get a certain age, they think that you should just settle down. And I Mm. think when you get a certain age, you should settle things that people expect of you and you should rise. And so for me, I'm really big on saying I'm a resident of the earth because in a few years or months, days, if it's meant for me to go and move to Paris, I'm going, you know? And, um, but 
it. That was so hard. And I was like, did I really fail other people by just saying Puerto Rico? But I love Puerto Rico. And um, it's just something about it. It's just, and I wrote my fiance that passed away years ago was Puerto Rican. Mm. And I feel like there's a strong connectivity to him there. And he will Mm. always be such a great presence for my life. He was such a gift for me. Um, But when I went to Puerto Rico, I mean, like, I don't know. It was just the way I felt. My skin felt different. And I've been to a lot of places. Mm. But Mm -hmm. it was just something there. And I love the people. They love me. They think I'm Dominican. I'm okay with that. Like, que pasa? That's cool. Que pasa? Hola. Okay, ven aquí. Donde esta comida con con queso, más queso. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, um, and it's just something. It's just something about being there. I just feel like I'm with my people. Um, Mm. And so... It's that's what it is for me until I travel to more places. I have like because I love elephants, so I really felt like I was letting my my people in Thailand down because I'm like, I could just live with the elephants, like, I could sleep on an elephant, I could live on live if it rained, I would just go up beneath the elephant, actually, not to crush me. Like, it's that if you've seen how many elephants I have in here, you'd be like, Whoa, I was gonna ask, do you have elephants everywhere? In your home? Okay, everywhere. You walk in and there's elephants. You just, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm always, it's all, I'm always int- like intrigued by the, the animals that people are drawn mm-hmm. to. For me, it's hummingbirds, specifically mm-hmm. hummingbirds. Ah, hummingbirds are my mm-hmm. spirit animal. Every time I see them, it's just the fact that they are in so much motion. Yes but appear to be weightless mm-hmm. and motionless. You know, it's, I'm always super intrigued yes. by them. So yes, I love, I love hummingbirds. I love that you like elephants. You know, when I was looking at your response, I said, Oh, Puerto Rico. Okay. And I like that you said it's close enough to the U S that I could come back mm-hmm. and forth, <laughs> which I think is, is important. important. You're like, I don't want to be too far from my family. And I like how you said, I don't like cold weather. I avoid it at all costs. I'm with you. I heard that it's 30 degrees in Dallas this week. It's like 20 it's, right now. Oh. <laughs> I cannot. I can't. I'm not made for it. I, I, I have a confession. I have, I have my last iron infusion scheduled for tomorrow. I called my doctor and I said, let's talk about this, to the infusion nurse. I said, <laughs> now, it's supposed to go from being super cold today to ice. And tomorrow, and then I said, "Well, can we change to Friday?" So the infu- so the scheduler, she said, "Well, it's supposed to be bad on Friday." I said, "Well, what does Tuesday look like? Because Monday's supposed <laughs> to be bad. That's the New Jersey in me. What right, are my options? Right. Okay, because <laughs> I'm not going outside when there's ice. It's not even." My friend who lives in Fort Worth sent me a screenshot this morning because she sends me the weather. And it's like a, it's our way of communicating. Mm -hmm. And I'll send her a screenshot of Long Beach weather. And she's like, thumbs down. And she sends me a screenshot of Fort Worth weather. And I said, does that say seven degrees? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seven Mm -hmm. degrees on Monday? No, I I don't accept that. I rebuke cold weather. I don't allow it in my life. And I don't want it. I have no interest. So... Another question that I ask and that I, you know, that I like to ask is if you woke up with 
$100 million in your bank account tomorrow morning, what's the first thing you would do? And it says, you said, I would jump on a jet to an elephant resort in Bali and stay there for mm-hmm. a month. Yep. And would you come back? I I, Maybe? I would come back. I would come back because I'm I'm the eldest child. So I'm the responsible mm. child. Uh, Me too. You are? Mm-hmm. My, my heart. Girl, and- it's just... <laughs> I see you. <laughs> and we're both water signs. So let me tell you. Yes. Um, I, I would come back. I, I, if I had to extend it to be more than a month, I'm open to that. Mm-hmm. But I would come mm-hmm. back, but not to stay. I would come back to take care of financial stuff, set up trust funds for my nieces and my nephew and take care of certain things. But I don't know if I would come to stay. I would definitely travel the world. But for that first month in, or until my spirit said, okay, you can go back. I would, I would really have to ground myself because a hundred million dollars. Girl, that's a life changing amount is. of it money. Is. And, and, you know, I've seen people, you know, there's been, my mother, my mother always, she always say money is going to come and go. She would always say that. She mm-hmm. was like, money's going to come and go. You will always have enough, Right. You get a hundred million dollars. Who am I with a hundred million dollars? You know, I, I want my principles to still be the same, but I know I could go do mm-hmm. some foolish stuff. I could buy a fleet of my box and that's stupid, you know, but in the same token, I need to be true to my authentic self to know that I, I can have people take care of me for a month or mm-hmm. two while I literally sit, meditate and I would force myself to ground myself and my brother can attest. I will not, I'm that kind of person, like, I wouldn't spend yet because I know once I start spending, I'm going to start spending. And I would want to speak to some financial people and people who have, you know, more than $100 million. What did you, what do you Mm -hmm. do with your money? Because then I need to know what to do in the same vein. So I would have to come away and then not have someone call me and say they need or they want, even if they didn't know I had it, because I wouldn't tell them. But I'm the kind of person, if someone says, you know, Oh man, this happened to my card. Well, I got a hundred million. You know, like send that card to the house as a surprise. I am that person. Like mm. I'm giving cars away, mm. paid mortgages with not even a hundred dollars. <laughs> and my family's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just a giver." I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I got that from. From what you shared, you know, also that you would create a nonprofit in memory of your mm-hmm. mother to continue the philanthropy work. Now, was your mother a philanthropist? Is that the kind of work no, she did? Not, not um, her day job, but she definitely was a philanthropist. And she's, she was the community mom. She was the mom. My mother knew how to mother everyone except for her children. It's very weird. But that was her. Mm. That was her legacy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you go, girl, you know. And so she yeah. loved to help children and I would love to do that still in her remembrance, you know, college funds and things that children need, um, you yeah. know, maybe help some children in an orphanage. I love what Tiffany Haddish is doing. She said foster children, she's buying the backpacks for the, or suitcases for them so they don't have to travel with yeah. like plastic bags. So I would, I would love to yeah. like, partner with someone like that. And how can I help and aid in that space? Because you know, young people need people. So I would do that on behalf of my mother because she was definitely, 
the the mother of all mothers when it came to people and their children. She was that person. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I, that reminds me a lot of my dad. My dad is, you know, he's the original coach reigns and he's always worked with youth and athletics. And, you know, he, he loves to inspire people. He loves to talk to people. And I remember times growing up where we would feel like, okay, dad, but can you come, can you talk to us? <laughs> like we, all the rest of the neighborhood seems to be great. <laughs> what about us? You know, especially because, you know, he had four girls before he mm -hmm. had a boy. And so, you know, he coached, you know, football and track and everything. And then he'd get home at the end of his day and, you know, he's spent, you know, he's exhausted. So we looked forward to when he was off mm -hmm. season, like when he wasn't coaching, because that meant that we were going to get him mm -hmm. full time. So, so yeah, I can fully relate to like a, having a parent who's the parent of the whole mm -hmm. community, because that's definitely how my dad is for sure. So my last question for you before we switch gears was, what's your favorite dessert? And you asked a great question, which is, does Trader Joe's swimmy, swimmer's gummies count? Hell yeah. My favorite <laughs> dessert right now is from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's has... This strawberry licorice that comes in a brown bag. It's thick licorice. It's cut into these little bite-sized squares. And when I tell you, mm, it's just like a joy. I mean, that's just one. I have like 14 desserts in my cabinet right now from Trader Joe's. Everything from chocolate covered almonds to espresso beans. But this strawberry licorice, really? amazing. So what made you what made you pick this the the swimmers the gummies from Trader Joe's? I will fight somebody over them. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, there That's it is. It, <laughs> there I'm it not is. a fighter, but that right there, you can have whatever. You can have all the cakes, the pies, the cookies, everything. Leave those to the side. I will share them, but don't eat like the last one. You know, no, that's just yes. wrong. <laughs> Who would do that? My partner knows, like, girl, don't even touch them, don't touch the licorice. <laughs> I have to try them if I see <laughs> they're delicious. And my sister Daria put me on to them because I was, you know, I'm more of like old school, like, I, I like red vines, and mm -hmm. people like Twizzlers. And I said, strawberry licorice, like, let me just try this, but girl, and it's like thick, so you really only Ooh. need like two at a time to really get the, the whole mm -hmm. sensation of it. But um, yeah, anybody listening to this later, Trader Joe's strawberry licorice and the Trader Joe's swimmers gummies. I know exactly where they yes, come in a blue they do. bag. Yes, they do. Girl, God yes. is in mm -hmm. that bag. <laughs> yeah, I and agree. I, 100%. I have strawberry licorice, well, strawberry twizzlers coming tonight. And uh, Amazon, thank you, Amazon people, for coming. We thank love you, you Amazon, for being doing what you do. Thank you. And so that's coming today. <laughs> and now, because of the weather, I probably wouldn't get could get a ride or somebody to take me to Trader Joe's until next week. Man. That's true because of the weather, man. Well, okay, I'll figure <clears> it out. We're gonna, we're gonna. <laughs> I, I believe I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you some positivity so that you can make it through the next couple of days of cold weather Thank you. my god time for a break time for a breather one thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives throughout our day is to breathe so i invite you right now to allow three deep intentional breaths to enter 
and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. So we're going to switch gears for a moment. And I like to play a little, I'm sorry, it's kind of a game, but I like to call it complete the sentence. So in this segment, as we close out the podcast, I'm going to give you a couple of prompts and you're just going to complete the sentence, take up as much or as little space as you'd like. Okay. Okay. So the first one is I am happiest when? When everybody is safe and I'm at peace and I'm just loved and able to give love freely. The next one is I want my legacy to be. I want, oh, okay. That's a hard question. I want my, my legacy to be that I showed people by example the freedom it, it means to be yourself. Not the freedom it takes, but the freedom it means to be yourself and just go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A legacy of... Mm-hmm. Freedom to be yourself. That's, I like that. That's Thank a good you. one. That's a good one. The last one is I showed myself love today by. <laughs> That's a quite, we kind of talked about that <laughs> offline. Um, I love, I'm a writer. I, 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 I'm very creative. I do a lot. I, I do a lot. Um, but I love to write. And today, I got back into a space where I was able to write in a, in a certain genre that I haven't in years. Um, and it just felt good. And it, and it, it had my voice to it. It wasn't the voice that sounded enough to be okay for the corporate me or the Christian. Well, I don't believe in the domination of the nomination. That's a whole nother conversation, but the spiritual me, um, mm. or, you know, I was just me, the human, the woman, the black woman. And, um, can I share some of it? Girl, you already <laughs> know I was about to ask you because we talked about it offline and I was like, so when she says the genre, for those who are listening, she's talking, about, talking slam about slam poetry. Slam poetry. Y'all. <laughs> so when I heard you mention that offline my I was piqued because I have a love for slam poets my partner is a slam poet and you know she was very very active in the poetry world about and you know transitioned into a military world about eight years ago um and that is her first love so I when I heard slam poetry, I was like, give me another reason to like you, please. Give me we another reason. Like crazy connected Girl. because it is your partner who introduced me to you. You know, re- do you realize that? Uh, that's- yes, that's right. Yes. Right. She said that. She was like, I know. Right. I was like, okay. 
I mean, whatever. You know, a lot of people. <laughs> but like, I, got, yes. I got the Gucci's going on. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yes. So, just as like a pre, should I tell people who I was? Because then they'd be like, "Well, she ain't that good anymore." <laughs> whatever, girl, it, t- whatever you want to right, share, go so right ahead. I was in my in my twenty. Okay, so like I'm almost fifty. Okay, and so in my twenties, yes. Do so you see? Yes. Hey, yes. 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 I see it. Yes. Yes. I am almost fifty. I'm here in the streets, but I, uh, in my twenties, they used to call me Black Zena, and I have traveled a little bit around the country, just a smidge, and I definitely run one on the New Yorkian stage. So I hope I make my people in the New Yorkian proud. <laughs> I don't know. Should I read all of it and you share what you want? I don't know. Whatever you feel led to do, um, you take up as much space okay. as you'd like. So, okay. So this actually, this will be out by the time your podcast airs. But just know everyone who's okay. watching that this is the first time that I'm doing this. I didn't commit it to memory yet. So I'm working on it. But I will, I will read it in its entirety. So you have like yes. exclusive. No, I really hope I can yes. I can bring it. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So just to give it. you a little bit of mm. I'm making a short film. My short film is called Pandemic. And it's about 10 minutes long. And I transitioned from being very corporate in my conversation in the movie to I just have to get some stuff out and take some and let some mm. things off my chest. So this is the part where I do okay. that. And I take one of my favorite poems that I wrote years ago, and I end this slam poet slam poetry monologue with mm-hmm. something I did many years ago that I love. So here we go. All right, here we go. All right, the pandemic it broke me. It turned this nation upside down, and no one knew what to do. But night. It came softly and darkness didn't turn into light, but people felt like they were in an episode of Groundhog's Day. But no one, not once, came together and said, in God we trust. The clock seemed to stop, but people still found a way to tick-tock in their Corvette, Corvette, yet the question still remained the same, to mask or not to mask. Clearly we have imposter syndrome, but night, it came softly. And darkness didn't turn into light. Mental health issues are on the rise. Pandemic fatigue standing six feet apart. Yet the world came together like never before. But not once did we say, in God we trust. But we paused. We paused to hear it. Do you hear it? The cry for people as the police said you have the right to remain silent as the bullets shot between their words with their knees on the neck of a people that did not recognize that the head can't survive without the neck. But night, it came softly, but darkness didn't turn into light. The weight of my mind became more than the weight on my body. Black lives never matter in America, and they still don't. The Constitution wasn't written for me and my people. They made my skin a target. I have a little bit more than pandemic fatigue. I was born with the PTSD of my ancestors. Their blood mixed in the soil and the concrete as we walk, constantly trampling over their legacy. You call this the United States of America? I have 99 pandemic problems, but pride and prejudice Mm. ain't one. I don't look like the American dream, but I am one. 
Do you know the strength that it takes to be a woman in America? I don't look like the American dream, but I am one. Do you know the pride that it takes to be a black woman in America? I don't look like the American dream. But do you know the audacity it takes to be a fierce, fat, black woman in America? I don't look like the American dream. But I am the dream of a stolen, shipped off, broken people. The flag, this American flag, wasn't sewn for me and my people. I don't look like the American dream, but I am one. Because I have Audrey Lord in my left hand and Maya Angelou in my right. So I write, I am not your nigger, your nigger, your negro, your coon, your tar baby, your boy or your girl. I may not look like the American dream, but I am the dream of a people. Some people are getting worn out from being black, oppressed, frozen in time, having to fight harder, be faster, think faster, be stronger, but still invisible. And then night, it came softly, but darkness didn't turn into light. Do you know the integrity that it takes to be a peaceful black human in America? You made my skin a target. We didn't. Mm. The Constitution wasn't written for me and my people. The American flag wasn't sewn for me and my people. But I'm going to take the stage of the legend and go on the back of her wings who recently took her trip to Bountiful. And I'm going to take a page out of her book, Rise Above, Just As I Am, to believe in myself, to ignore time for the ignorance that has led me to this place. Night, it came softly, but darkness didn't turn into light. So last night, I knelt down and prayed. And before I could speak, God said, never again are you to come before me in such a way. Lyrically naked with no pen or paper in your hand. How do you expect to eat if you're not prepared for me to feed you? So I'm going to prepare a metaphoric bath to wash your hands and your feet. I'm going to baptize you in the river noun and walk you up to verbs peak. And when we finished communing, mm. he said, what is your name, little girl? I said, Trevelyan. He said, no, I named you Maya, Martin, Malcolm, Sean, Rodney, Sandra, Rosa, George, Ahmad, Brianna. Your middle name is Plethora and your last name is Word. I said, Word? And he said, Word. Girl, where is my <laughs> notepad? Where me get the bell? That was amazing. Thank you. Oh my Thank God. You. I was just like, oh, so many things. Oh, man. I Well, I'm just grateful that you decided to share it here first, you guys. Yes. You're hearing it here first. That is Thank amazing. You. Amazing. Oh, I'm so glad that you're tapping into that voice. Thank I'm you. so glad. So glad. It is, um, it is a part mm -hmm. of who you are. And... <clears throat> What happens is that as writers, you know, as, as using that tool of expression to tell our stories, when we step away from it, it always calls us back. It always yes. brings us back. You know, it always whispers and, and says, hey, right. don't forget about me. You know, I'm a part of you. So Thank I'm so you. grateful to, um, to just bear witness to that. That's fantastic. So 
as we prepare to part ways, thank you for spending a little extra time with me. I appreciate that. I am at the end of every podcast episode. I like to offer just a little miniature reading from this Oracle deck that I work with. It's called the Oracle of E and it's actually a deck that has exactly 52 cards in it. So the invitation is for you to just pick a number between one and 52. That is a big, it's a big gap. My number number is eight. (laughs) Well, they say they, it's supposed to be nine based on my, you know, when I was born. Oh, like your birth, your, uh, yeah. what is that? Like your birth, yes. your life That is my, my, my life path okay. number is nine, but I love, I love eight. Okay. I'm a big eight person. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go with eight and then today's date mm-hmm. is the 10th. So I'm also going to pull the 10 out of here. It's so funny. I play with these often. One would think, you know, put them in order before you record, but that's no, okay. I don't do that. <laughs> Just go back and search through the deck. So these, this deck and the reason why I like to play with it for the podcast is because it's really lighthearted and the readings that come from it are very, very practical. Each of them has a really unique message. And then there's a little message that comes from the guidebook that comes with it. So I'll share both. So the message for eight is all Ooh, in. Okay. All in, and I'll read you the message. And all systems are go. Whatever you do right now, do not hold back. This is the perfect time to give it everything you've got. For every inch of you, move toward your dream. The universe will move it 10 miles closer. It's time to raise the stakes and play your hand. I'd jump in if I were you. Ashe. <laughs> okay, we'll take that. Yes, number eight. Fantastic. And number 10 for today's date is Ooh. over your shoulder. Okay. Over your shoulder. And the message for number 10 is those recurring patterns in your life, throw them overboard. Whoever said those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it was full of You only repeat patterns when you continue to stare at them. You get hypnotized and then you act them out. Take one last look over your shoulder, if you must, and then say sayonara for good. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Fantastic. This, yes, this has been... So delightful. I'm just like, I've talked to you for hours. This this has been so great. You are also my first guest of 2021. So (laughs) you are setting the tone and setting the bar. Girl, everybody else come. (laughs) They better come with some talents. Just saying, don't be coming in here with no talents. Um, But I just want to say thank you so much and just affirm you for your vulnerability, for your presence, for your transparency. For, for sharing your art and for sharing a little piece of your story with me and with my listeners. I'm just so grateful for the connections yes. that exist between us and just looking forward to seeing where this bond can develop from here. So I appreciate you so, so much. Um, please let us know before you go how folks can oh. find you on social and ways that they can keep tabs on okay, what you got going on. Okay, so I do too. have my movie coming out. I am going to uh, announce it, but follow me on the Poshtivity Chick. 
You know, you like the name, but I'm thinking about changing it to Ballhead Baddie. I am. I am thinking either about one works. It. So, either but right now works. it's there, and you know, um, okay. Just look out for that. And I'm on Twitter as Ballhead Baddie, TikTok Ballhead Baddie with an I. There is no E because there's only I. So that's why there's an I. And uh, I look forward to reaching anyone who needs to be, you know, a hand reached out to them and vice versa, because I'm always receiving as well. But thank you. Thank you. I have one question for you. When's your birthday? June 28th. <laughs> we're cancers. That's why. Yes. Okay. That's right. why we're Throw best friends already. Okay. <laughs> when you said water, right. I was like, she's cancer. Yep. I saw I saw oh. it on your paper also. So yes. Yes. So wait, when's your birthday? Mm-hmm. The second. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Cancers. I love it. Well, this has been, this has been great. So I'm glad you let us know how to find you the positivity mm-hmm. chick on IG and then bald head body yes. on all other platforms. And um, yeah, I will let you go and enjoy thank the rest you. of your day. Yes, stay you. warm. Stay warm for me. Can. <laughs> I will stay warm for you. Thank I will send you. you warmth from the beach because it's beautiful mm-hmm. outside right now. So thank yeah. So it's time to wrap this up and i just want to say very sincerely thank you you have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day and i appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them right now in this moment i see the light i see the love the wisdom the beauty the prosperity the creativity and the pure joy that shines within each of you and i bow humbly before your divinity namaste